Today on the show, strategy plus action equals going live to build your brand. Success in business and life is a constant back and forth of charting your course and taking the consistent steps every day to move you forward. Both are critical. My guests on this show range from hardworking entrepreneurs starting from scratch to visionary leaders of cutting edge companies looking to scale. I help you understand the strategies that are working for them and actions you can take to model their success. For me, a show like this is all about joining forces with my guests to dig deep and create something new for you. Whether that's a small insight that gets you unstuck or a path of massive growth through customized marketing and creative sales initiatives. Welcome to Strategy in Action. Welcome to Strategy in Action. I'm your host, Jason Croft, and today on the show, we've got Cameron Toth. He is doing an amazing show called BizDev Live on LinkedIn, as well as a show called The Master Connector Show with Steve Spiro, a, a past guest you may have seen on here as well. And they're, they're bringing it when it comes to, to showing up and doing these, these live episodes on LinkedIn. It's such a powerful platform inherent in that choice to, to not only be on camera and interview folks and, and have that kind of content going out there for you. Um, the specific choice to do it live is really strong and powerful. Um, part of it, you know, you'll hear too, is like, I don't want to edit anything. I just want to go live, you know, and that's a choice too. And that's, that's, you know, that's a benefit of it. Um, but, but some of the things that are really powerful is that, you know, it forces you into, if you're doing it even halfway, right. It forces you into a consistent schedule. Um, it's powerful and not only inviting guests, but having those guests show up when you have this set schedule that, that Cameron talks about. Uh, so it's really strong. And so we get into these benefits, long-term and short-term benefits to doing this kind of initiative um, to grow your business as well as your personal brand and how the two certainly go together. Uh, we get into, you know, what Cameron has going on with his main company, you know, Toth Event Staffing, like, and how the two can, you know, grow together, how they have, and the benefit of having this show has has meant to him as a, as a person, much less a business owner. It's really, really strong. So let's jump in with Cameron Toth. Welcome to Strategy in Action, everybody. Cameron Toth, how are you, sir? I am doing well. Thank you for having me on Strategy in Action. I like I like the title already. <laughs> nice, nice. I appreciate that. I had the good fortune to, to be on Cameron's show here this week, actually, BizDev Live. Such a blast. Great show. He has way more way more uh, confidence than I by going live every week. Um, just you know, free flowing and all that. I screw up a lot and you guys don't see that because I get to edit all that out. So hats off to you. Like, Cameron. Like, like I said to you before, Jason, hats off to you because for anybody that isn't good at post-production, I have iMovie with, with Mac. And so if you have a Mac, you, you may or may not know it. I know for a long time I didn't, but if you have a Mac, you have iMovie and you can go in and you can actually do post-production edit videos and you should uh, for your content, right? If you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, let me go and create some media. I probably need some media content. And so you have that ability just having a Mac computer, right? And I didn't know that for a long time. You got iMovie, you can go in there, but it is painful to do jump cuts. And for anybody that doesn't know what a jump cut, you've probably seen a jump cut, right? Where, uh, like Jason was saying, maybe you made a mistake in the video. And so you're able to edit that out. Just going in and especially when I was starting, Jason, to go in and edit out all the ums and the this and the that, I would have spent an hour making the show and 20 hours editing the show. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not up for that. I'm going to get better at speaking. That's going to be my priority. And I'm just going to hit this thing live. And so 313 episodes later, it's, it's been working out. All right. We, we've got the production because at the end of the day, uh, like I think we're going to, you know, talk about it's, it's about producing the content. It's about getting your stuff out there so that people can search for it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I was listening to somebody the other day and they said, if you're uh, Google, if you're a ghost on Google, right? And that's what you don't want to be. So putting out that content, right, is at the end of the day, if it's bad content, good content, great content, doesn't matter if it's just content out there that's searchable and and building in the the search analytics for you. Absolutely. And just like anything else, you 
you you work to get better. But but that self awareness. I mean, we're laughing and joking about it, but it's a really critical level of self awareness to go. Okay, where's my time best spent? Maybe you know, in six months, I'll change the format and hire an editor and do all of this because yes, it's it is a bottleneck. I. I mean, I've been doing video for 30 years. I've been editing for 30 years. It's still a bottleneck for me. It's just the nature of the beast. It's a, it, it's where things slow down if you're having to do it yourself. And I mean, I did the same thing on on my second show where I'm driving people around. Like I I took the the you know where's the where's the time? So I'm I'm here doing this all by myself. So what are the constraints I can apply and still have it be good? I need it to be a single camera. So I'm not editing a bunch of things around. I need to make it simple, you know, all of that. So I, I hear you for sure. It's, it's, it's a big time. Yeah, we, yes, we were, Bean. Go ahead. We were talking about that, right? It's, it's, it's as hard as you want to make it. Right. And so if you're thinking you got to compare your, first day to somebody's like 10th year, right? So I'm looking at, you know, Team Gary V or some other social media guru or broadcast television. And I'm trying to put together something that looks like what they're producing with multiple cameramen and uh, sound crew and everything else that goes into uh, like a live production telecast, you know, at a studio. And I'm trying to do that in my, you know, home office you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for a lot of frustration. Um, I, tr I went through a lot of frustration just trying to set up a basic setup uh, that I have here. And, you know, thankfully it's working better than ever, but I got to tell you from Wi-Fi, uh, you know, router issues, internet connect, you know, doing a live show, you're, you're running into all these things with you know, is my internet loading? What does my face look like as, as the speeds are messed up? And I had to learn what uh, download speed versus upload speed because I had no idea. Uh, so anybody that's getting started, you know, push the dang button. You know, I, I would not have gotten to 313 episodes uh, today if I didn't just push the dang button and, and start the first episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's so huge. And that's what I really want to get into today. I, I want to cover, you know, what you're doing, you know, business-wise overall. And I, I want to give some people some geography and some context to that. Sure. But that's really what I want to dig in today with is, is that power of, you know, video, specifically on LinkedIn, kind of specifically the live version too. And I think there's, there's a, there's a, I don't know if it's extra power, but a certain you know, it means something different. There's a different dynamic, right? Not just the live aspect, but how LinkedIn feels about it and all of that thing, which is which is positive. Um, and how that's, I mean, the decision to go into that and do it and how that's affecting um, the show itself, being consistent like you have been for 300 plus episodes uh, and then affecting your, your other business, right? Um, and so give yeah, some people yeah. some context of, of what you've got going. And then what was that decision like to go like, you know what? I need to, I need to, I need to jump on LinkedIn. This is my home. This is where my clients are. What can I do to stand out? All right. There's, there's a lot there. So let me unpack this with, with the LinkedIn story, right? So I was on LinkedIn early. Um, I, I don't know the year offhand. I know I was on YouTube probably around 2006 and, and I, I wasn't on LinkedIn much longer than that. And um, I, I mentioned YouTube because I wasn't taking YouTube as seriously as I should have. And I wasn't taking LinkedIn as seriously as I should have. As I think most people that are on LinkedIn don't take it as seriously as they should because there's a really, really, really huge opportunity for your business from both a relationships point of view and a sales numbers impact reach point of view. Uh, you can you can pay for advertising or you can create these networks that advertise for you and you can put out basically uh, content that you make and, and get more reach than you could potentially pay for. Um, you could put a little bit of money into putting together a team and have a lot more reach than what, you know, you could just go and, you know, work with an agency or, or, by advertising space, right? And so the strength of your 
what you're doing and the, the team can be magnified so much more. And then you get a professional like yourself, Jason, to work with you. And then you can take that to the limit if you're really utilizing LinkedIn. But for so long, I wasn't. So let's go back to 2020. Um, I have a staffing company that I started in 2011. So in 2020, this fairly successful six-figure a year, um, I'm not, you know, killing it seven figures da, 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 in 2020, right? I'm not running around in Lamborghinis, uh, but I'm, I'm leading a very comfortable life. I see my children every day. Uh, that's part of the reason I became an entrepreneur, right? 18 years uh, this past Monday with my wife. Uh, we've been married for 18 years. We have four kids together. So actually seeing her, seeing them, that's big, been a big part of my push to be an entrepreneur is to sort of own the, the keys to my own schedule. And so that was all going well. Get to 2020 and I get a little bit of time to think because I have a business that sends out waiters and bartenders and chefs in Westchester, New York, Lower Connecticut, NYC. Westchester is my home base. That's where the majority of my business is. Pandemic, you know the story. World shuts down. Live events, social events are basically made illegal, like illegal, illegal, like the cops are coming to tell you you can't do this. Well, that's kind of hard for a business that sends out staff to work live events. It's hard for my, my staff. It was hard for me. So I had a little bit of time uh, to be introspective. And luckily, I had time to be introspective because I had actually built a business. Not necessarily just a job, but a business. And that's what I talk about in BizDev Live is building a business, you know, with structure and, you know, you have you have some, some options then, right? And so I learned all the lessons the hard way. I learned what it is to run a business as a DBA and run into tax trouble. Um, I, I, I learned all those lessons early on in 2015 and became an S-Corp. And so an S-Corp, for anybody that's, you know, looking on the on the business side of things, you can actually pay yourself as an employee. It's a pass-through organization. It's a great tax kind of thing to take advantage of in the United States if you're uh, in business. And so come to the pandemic, 2020, it's bad, but PPP, I can pay myself. I'm not panicking, right? I, I got some options. I got some things. And so that was great. And so I felt like, you know, even though things were challenging, I had some things to share and teach. And so a big part of my story is that I'm passionate about opportunity and education. That stems from my own education. I've been involved with a nonprofit for the last 26 years uh, because I started with the nonprofit because I was interested in the, the music industry and that's how we pull kids in. You rope them in with their interests. Right now it's the performing arts. Then it was the music industry. I was a DJ in high school. I was calling record labels. I was getting swag. I was faxing record labels to date myself a little bit. We were getting cassette tapes. Again, to date myself, right? 1996, right? But, and I stayed apart because I, I got to do some of the fun things that I loved and I liked the business aspect. I was learning how to do that stuff, but I stayed involved because I was like, man, I should have had this when I was a freshman or sophomore in high school because I got to my senior year of high school, all four years, you know, blah, blah grades, but still didn't graduate because I didn't dot my I's, didn't cross my T's. So that's the start of my journey. Didn't graduate high school. Then I have a child with a woman that I'm not planning to spend the rest of my life with at 19. So I'm making these really, really hard choices that aren't that aren't just hard on me, but they're hard on the people in my life. This this new child that I love, you know, it's going to be hard on him. It has been hard on him, and it's been hard on us. Uh, we don't have the relationship. He's 24 years old, and I don't I don't get to talk to him. You know, I've, I'm very fortunate that you know I in 2004 I got married with my wife. We have four kids together, and it's been a beautiful thing. And I love raising my kids, and it's uh and passion part of my story, but I can't watch a movie that has a male, you know, bonding relationship between father and child without going into tears because of that relationship. So that drives me. And that was my, my early start to life. I wasn't looking at financial resources, educational resources, but I was saying to myself, man, I need a college education, right? But I'm not looking at anything. So I'm, you know, there, I'm you know, young father, uh, get my GED, uh, chasing the college thing, but I'm not 
not looking at what you know opportunities are there and what what I really need to look at. And I wasn't focused. So I'm following the girl in the red leather pants. I just had a child with a woman. And I'm, you know, I'm still focused on on the assets and the red leather pants as I'm you know going into school. So I went to Eugene Lane College, a new school in, in this in New York City. And uh, two years later I'm dropping out because I wasn't focused. And so I'm really passionate about helping people connect their moment right now to 20 years from now. So 2020, you know, I've, I've built this, you know, business and I got a break and I got a little time to introspect. I'm like, you know what? I need to take advantage of these channels, YouTube and LinkedIn. I need to take advantage of them. I had posted videos for the nonprofit that I work with in 2009. I wasn't smart with it. I didn't put thumbnails that, you know, were very attractive. I didn't have keyword strategy. I didn't know any of that stuff. I've learned that since starting BizDev Live and, and really getting into how, like how to grow a channel. But, you know, I, I didn't know any of that stuff. But between 2009 and 2020, those, those handful of videos that I had posted on my rinky-dink YouTube channel that had no following, it generated 40,000 views. Jason. 40,000 views, 40,000 views on very little effort. And yeah. so I and, said, and that's a little piece too, that I think that's why I think so many people sleep on YouTube because of the immediacy of the social channels. I can see yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. This one works, but you know, but that evergreen, aspect of YouTube is massive. And I'm actually seeing a big, big swing back to YouTube from some of the, you know, largest folks doing this out there because of that fact. They're just like, you know, slapping themselves going, wait a second. You know, they look back at their YouTube channel, just like you're talking about and go, oh my gosh, I didn't do anything with this. And look at these thousands of views. I'm going to start paying more attention to that and being more intentional there. Yeah, absolutely. And for anybody that started a YouTube channel, you're going to know that it's tough. I mean, it's very difficult, you know, to land a video that goes, quote unquote, viral. Uh, there was a young woman, alumni of the, the program uh, that I work with, the nonprofit, and she had had a uh, breast reduction surgery. And so she posted that video and it got a ton of views. I mean, that alone may have had 4,000, 40,000. I don't remember, the, the, but it was, you know, into the thousands of views. And you, you could see that she was struggling with the content afterwards because while that video hit, what, what was she talking about? What was her brand? What was she, you know, what was going to continue to hit? And you can see these, there's these YouTubers out there. They, you know, once you have a following, obviously it becomes easier to maintain it, but they're, they're doing a lot to maintain it. They're spending on it. It becomes a production thing. Once you're making money with it, you're, you're, you're continuing to spend money to keep the money uh, rolling in. Mr. Beast, you know, being the greatest example of, I, I forget the amount that he's spending on a YouTube video, but I think it's like a million dollars, like a YouTube. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's, it's wild. The, the amount of money that they're spending to be these top performers. Again, don't compare your day one to somebody's, you know, year 10, 20, 30. I have, but I, and another example that sort of made me make that decision in 2020 that I needed to get serious with my media, get serious with LinkedIn was, you know, looking at the example of, oh, wow, 2009, who was getting started? Oh, Joe Rogan was getting started. You know, Gary V was getting started basically on, on stuff. He had started a little bit earlier, but, you know, getting serious on YouTube. Um, these folks, you know, you know, the story with Joe Rogan. I mean, he started his podcast in 2009 and in 2018, 2019 sold it to, and we, you know, the, the number originally was like, uh, I don't know, what was it? To uh, hundred million. Yeah. hundred million. hundred million. And then later, later you found out it was really closer to like 200 million. You right. Know, it's, it's, it's time, you know, amount of time times consistency times effort right i mean i think it, it just putting it in i don't i don't know about you but i'd be happy with one percent of uh, not even you know not even of the uh 200 million of of the 100 million right i mean just to be able to say uh, there's a show that i like doing 
I enjoy doing it and I get to make something from it. Somebody's willing to pay for it. So I think that's, that's a big deal. And so take this to the LinkedIn piece. So when I started BizDev Live, I didn't even have access to LinkedIn Live. So in March of 2020, I'm, you know, on YouTube, I would certainly, I think fairly soon, you know, I became aware of, of LinkedIn Live and I was applying, but I wasn't getting in. And so I was, you know, on StreamYard broadcasting to YouTube and Facebook without very much engagement. So I was just looking into the camera, talking into the abyss, not much following, not much engagement with the shows. You know, maybe somebody made a comment on Facebook, that kind of thing. Um, certainly nobody was commenting for the most part on YouTube. Um, it's, 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 it's bleak, you know, it can be, be challenging in, in that retrospect, but um, eventually BizDev Live was getting noticed by people that's making noise. And certainly people in my network like, oh, that's cool, right? That's going on. And we go to November of 2020, and a gentleman uh, that I had met through Master Networks, a networking organization, he has a considerable larger following on LinkedIn than I do. Uh, I think he's currently up to 16,000 at the time. You know, I was probably, uh, yeah, I was definitely at 2,500 uh, followers, connections on LinkedIn. And he had LinkedIn live and he was like, yeah, I, got, I have access to this LinkedIn live thing, but I, I don't, I don't really know what to do with it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I have it, but what do I, what do I do with this thing? And, um, I was so happy that he was reaching out to me. Cause I was like, well, I don't have access to LinkedIn live. And I would very much like to be on LinkedIn Live. And so we started doing this show called the Master uh, Connection Series, which has morphed into the Master Connector Show around his brand of being a master connector. And it's been a great partnership between him and I. And we did this uh, for anybody that's like, oh, you know, am I producing? So it was, I, I did it for free. I did it to learn, right? You know, again, we're in the middle of the pandemic. I just want to get better at this. I want to expand my brand because eventually I want to, you know, I want to connect what I'm doing right now to 20 years from now. I want this brand. I want the ability to impact the world. I want to be able to uh, start the uh, Cameron Toth foundation for bringing opportunity to every young woman and child in the, and that sounds grandiose. I like big dreams and I like the idea that a small child growing up in a trailer park someplace can have the same access. And not only can they have the same access to opportunity, right? But somebody's there to show them the ropes, that they have a mentor. That's what the College and Career Preparatory Program is all about. That's based out of a Philip Randolph Campus High School in Harlem that I work with. Soundbusiness.org, that's what we do. And we're connecting mentors in the business community, alumni to these high school kids so that they're getting a little bit of a vision on how to connect right now to 20 years from now. And so I'm trying to do that for myself because I want to have a bigger impact on the world. So I got involved with Steve so that I can expand my ability. We can have a little bit more reach and impact with the show. Show took off. We, we based it on a model that I had seen work on Facebook, which was a gentleman by the name of Chaz Wilson, who founded Master Networks, was bringing community leaders from the organization from different parts of the country. And because there were several people on the show, they were bringing viewers with them. And so they were creating a community. People were fired up because their, their connection, their hero was on the show. So it brought more people than Chaz could just bring by himself. And suddenly there was a large following and there was a reason to tune into the show because well, people were tuning in and people were in the comments. So you could network in the comments, you could connect with people. It was fun. And that's what we did. And so we started inviting him. And Steve, by the way, Steve Spiro is a beast. He is called the master connector for a reason. We were putting shows together. We've done 55 episodes, I believe now. And early on, we were using this model of, you know, having like three, four guests on at a time. And 
we never had a problem getting guests. He would connect, connect, <laughs> hit them, have conversations. I don't know how he schedules the phone calls he gets done in a week. He's a, a miracle worker in my mind. I was like, I, I can't get through all the stuff I got to do in a week. I can't meet with all these people. I have such a He's meeting with people left and right connecting. I'm like, oh my goodness. And we connected off of a great conversation where he recommended a book to me. He was a hero. I'm like, he's just, this, this is a great network guy. So we started the show together. Yeah. And, and, he, took, and, it, and real oh. quick, if, if you haven't checked out the episode, by the time this one's airing episode with Steve, um, will, will have aired. So make sure you go and check that out too. And you'll, you'll understand exactly what, what Cameron's talking about here for sure. He's an amazing guy. Amazing guy. So we started that show and, and then later on, you know, I kept on asking for LinkedIn to give me access to LinkedIn Live. And eventually I got access to it. So, you know, the, the, the moral of that story is, you know, endeavor on, keep, keep pushing, keep pushing. And eventually the thing that you want to happen happens. And so now BizDev Live goes live on LinkedIn. And the value of being live on LinkedIn is, you know, I have a business oriented show. It's about entrepreneurs. It's about connecting people, networking in the comments. It's about learning. It's about education. There's no better platform for that than LinkedIn. And so BizDev Live's true home is on LinkedIn. The repository for all the content, the way that you can most easily view an episode is YouTube. But the place you want to go to view BizDev live, live is LinkedIn because you're going to go and you're going to have some great conversations. You can ask questions of the guests live. It is fun. It is fun and it's a great way to create content. It's a great way for me to experience the people that I'm interviewing. It's a great way to bring energy because not every guest you have is going to be an electric dynamo. So hopefully there's some great comments and questions in the audience. It's a way to keep it really interesting and fresh. And if you're creating something, there's no better way to create energy around it than having a community. Yeah. Big time. And as a, as a guest and a viewer, um, it is so much fun. That dynamic is, you know, and you, that dynamic is great. And then you, you have a good balance too of engaging, pulling up those comments, you as the host, getting that, you know, keeping that running, that through line, but it doesn't feel interruptive either that I've seen on some lives of somebody just on there and they're in the middle of a thought and it's just like, Oh, Hey Doug, you know, shout out to Doug. Like, and you're just watching this thing going like, why don't you finish what you're saying? And then, you know, (laughs) I and, and you start, and you listen, you know, for anybody that's doing this, using a platform like StreamYard or Restream to go on LinkedIn Live, I think, you know, it's more accessible than ever before. So if you want to get out there and for anybody that's like, oh, everybody's streaming, everybody's doing it. It's so crowded and populated. Listen, I think the, the metrics on it are there's like, less than 1%. Now forget about LinkedIn lives. There's less than 1% of the 700 plus million. And forget about the 700 plus million number. Cause there's like 700 million people on uh, LinkedIn, which, you know, we hear these big numbers, 700 million. What does that mean? Well, the population of the United States in total is less than like 350 million, I believe. I think it's right right around there, right? So you have a population on LinkedIn and there's a big international community that is larger, literally larger than the United States, almost times two, right, on LinkedIn. Now, out of those 700 million people that are on LinkedIn, 380 million, I believe, are actually active people that are checking into LinkedIn accounts. And then out of that, out of the 380 million, right? Not even using that big 700, out of the 380 million, less than 1% of people are posting on LinkedIn. So you might be connected to a lot of people that are posting on LinkedIn, but for the majority of people on LinkedIn, they are consuming content. They are not posting content. So for you and your business, that should spell huge, 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 huge opportunity. And everyone posting is not everyone posting. 
It's just your feed. Yep. It's always going to be populated because that's what the social media engines do. They populate your feed with the people that are posting. Do you want to be one of the people that are posting or do you not want to be one of the people that are posting? That's the choice you have to make. Yeah, big time. And and to go back to what you were saying to you about you know, growing this channel and you have multiple reasons for it, right? Growing this platform of yours. Um, and you, you think back, Oh, you know, Joe Rogan did this. Now he's to this and all that's great. Some people have zero desire to, you know, be that even have a platform and all of that. And what I, what I mentioned to those folks and try to shake into them (laughs) is that, that's icing on the cake. For some people, I mean, again, you talk about percentages, a tiny percentage want to even go down that road. They've got their thing, their business and what what they're doing in life. And what I try to get across to them is all that's icing. Every all the promise of content marketing that we've we've heard is great. Oh, and, and we're definitely we're definitely mentioning like the outliers, right? Like Joe Rogan is an For sure. There's a lot of podcasts out there that are not successful. I'm not saying you're going to start a podcast and be Joe Rogan. Of course. But, the, and, but, but that's you the, can have like 0.00001% of the success that Joe Rogan's have and still be pretty comfortable. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and not only that, though, but that's 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 the, I would say, the typical view of starting a podcast, starting a show, this and that is like, that's how it's beneficial is X amount of years later. I can have advertisers, I can charge, I can blah, blah, blah. But the whole effort in doing this, you can have value tomorrow by doing this and getting this started to your existing business. And that's the biggest thing. And then all of those other amazing things might happen. You know, they're evergreen. They're going to grow. All the promise of content marketing is going to be there, that evergreen aspect of it. But when you have the right intention and you structure things the right way, then you can benefit your business right now, immediately. And that goes into. Yeah, let me, yeah, let, me let me talk about that just, just really briefly. Cause I know there's some people out there that are going to be like, and I know I've had the conversation. Steve has asked me the question, right? You're doing this business stuff thing. You know, how does that actually benefit your business? And so, and I struggle with it. Listen, uh, I know I should be creating more media for Toth Event Staffing. If you go and you go onto the Google review page and you check out my website, there's there's some imagery there. There's some video there. I could be doing a lot more. There's a Toth Event Staffing uh, Instagram account. There's a Toth Event Staffing Twitter account. I don't know when the last time I've been on that. Um, I, I could definitely be doing a better job with creating media around Toth event staffing. I've done some, I have an event coming up. We're scheduling a photographer to make sure that at this large event that we're capturing our photo of our staff. But the reason I do the, the biz dev live, and it's not a hospitality podcast. It has nothing to do with Toth event staffing other than the fact that it pulls from my experience as an entrepreneur to educate other entrepreneurs. The reason I do it and the reason that it benefits Toth event staffing is that it improves me. It makes me a better speaker, makes me a better leader. I get to learn from people. I spoke to Yahavi St. Clair. You can connect with him on LinkedIn. He's got his own podcast. And he was talking to me about how it's helped him really just get educated, be in the room with other intelligent folks and learn from them and become a better speaker in his own right for his business, which is a personal fitness business. And so anybody can really benefit from that. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're, you know, brain surgeon, neurosurgeon, well-educated, every career, everyone can benefit from becoming a better communicator and becoming a better listener, period. Yeah. And I think, I think there's some, I think there's some direct ways that you could very easily shift and pivot even what you're doing with BizDev Live, the existing show, existing brand that could directly impact um, Toth event staffing, whether it's, you know, inviting some some folks on who make those hiring decisions, you know, bring them on 
the show. Like I'm, I'm going to get intentional. No, all right. Now, now you're going to get me here with my, my, uh, my pencil starting to make some notes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but that's exactly right because it's, it doesn't go outside of the show because they're another business owner. Right. But it's the greatest thing in the world. This platform that we I just, have. I just, I just wrote down, I just wrote down invite caterers to be on biz dev live. So I'm worth the price of admission right now. Absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> But it's so powerful because, and there's there's a couple of lessons here that I, I want people to, to to soak in is is that that aspect right? Like I tell people all the time when I create shows for clients, it's for that. Like invite on your ideal client, you know that person you've been trying to get a phone call with, a meeting with, invite them on the show, have this conversation, shine a spotlight on them. It benefits your audience, it benefits them, it benefits you, and now there's a relationship there, right? There, there's it opens up. There's inherent follow-up in that, you know, and everything. But secondly, what you've done, I did that with um, my second show, the, the driving around show. What I what I did poorly was connecting that to business, connecting that to a, a, an outcome for my business. Mm-hmm. What I did great was doing it anyway, doing 80 plus episodes, driving successful people, smart people, multimillionaire, you know, around having this interview and this conversation. Yes. Everything that you described, better communicator, better, you know, brand built my network, yeah. right? All amazing stuff. But the other lesson in this is that now, even if you don't know how you're going to connect those things or if you can and all of that, it's like having a running start instead of once you go, oh, you know what I could do with a show, you know, six months, a year from now. Well, now you've got 300 plus episodes, right, <laughs> to where you've got this existing platform and you've got this validation of, oh, yeah, hey, so-and-so caterer, come and be on the show. And they've got all this to look at and go like, oh, wow, awesome. And you're in it. You're just going. You're having this conversation. It's not like, okay, well, I'm finally getting to talk to so-and-so. Oh, how do I be a host? Uh, how do I you know, how do I do this, you know? And so it's just having that running start that's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. The muscle has definitely been flexed. It's been worked out and, and certainly gotten into it. I've had uh, – gentleman that runs a rental company. So that's a referral partner for me on the show. And so I've definitely utilized it. I've had the thought before. Sometimes, you know, you work in an industry where people are a little bit more camera shy um, than you you would like, you know, for, for these kind of opportunities. And so figuring out the right way to ask, the right way to position it um, has been Sometimes a little bit of a challenge for me and definitely something that I'm thinking through, but you're absolutely right. I think once you got the platform, it becomes so much easier for you to make it work to create these really, really nice touch points in these existing relationships that you have. And I see how it already, you know, even, even without that, and, and these are the things I think, you know, I, I love talking to you because it's like, all right, I'm, I'm a little bit focused now on how I can actually tie this to, to the revenue and, and, and increase the prosperity of these relationships. But one of the things that's really great about having your name out on social media, especially YouTube, right? YouTube is the second most uh, colossal search engine on the planet Earth, only topped by Google, which is you know all, both owned by the same company. So now when you type in Cameron Toth, you can type in Biz Dev Live. My name pops up. You know, it's it's that SEO uh, factor. And so being able to just say, like, you know, Google me and and you pop up is such yeah. a big deal. And that plays over because Toth Event Staffing is tagged on a lot of a lot of, a lot of the stuff. I'm not like Toth Event Staffing, Toth Event Staffing, Toth Event Staffing. I'm saying it now, right now. <laughs> now people aren't going to believe me, Jason. But I, I don't really talk about the the my my company a lot in the episodes. I don't say it, but I can see it now. Even as we're coming back, I know that it would be busy, but I know that it's busier because of the name reputation that that is magnified by the social media presence. Yeah. And I've always talked about social media being not so much a place where you get new clients from, 
but you stay in front of clients that have had touch base with you. So if you're, if your name is ringing out, if you have content that's ringing out, really doesn't matter what you're posting on, as long as they remember who you are and what you did for them, the fact that they're seeing you, you're more memorable, you're more quick to be called when they have the need. Absolutely. Another past guest, Julian Placino, um, good buddy of mine, he has just done a phenomenal job. And I loved his term for it and his focus on it is, you know, passive income for your reputation. You know, it's, yeah. I thought, oh, that's, that's like such that. a great way he can put out a piece of content and that for the life of that, that's just going to keep growing, you know, out there. That's so strong. And yeah, and I think, you know, I think there's so much, there's just so much value <laughs> in, in what you're doing and, and having this and, and, there's a discipline to the way you're doing it. Another proponent of the live aspect is that not just that you're going live, but every week at this time, I'm doing this show. And that's a big piece that gets missed, certainly has by by me um, in all of my shows, I would say, is that consistency. And the viewer or potential viewers love that consistency. But the algorithms really <laughs> love that consistency when you can have consistent upload to YouTube, consistent going live on LinkedIn. And you don't have to get mired in the algorithm and all of that, but there's certain yeah, yeah, don't big try levers. not. <laughs> yeah. But there's certain big levers that you know you can you can know about and pull that'll just help you wife you know, fight upstream when you can, you know, flow with it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I think one of the things that's been really great, I mean, obviously, you know, having bigger reach on content, you know, going through a LinkedIn class with Jordan Mendoza right now and just optimizing content, call to actions are, are a big deal, right? You know, and remembering to call people to action and doing it in a way that plays nicely with the social media interaction. So I see a lot of people and they're creating these posts and they're sharing a link in the post. And it's really interesting with LinkedIn because you could be advertising a LinkedIn live and that could be the link in the post. And still, because a lot of people are told this, you, there's probably not necessarily new information if you've been dabbling in the social media game, that the algorithms penalize any post that has an outside link. Well, LinkedIn doesn't really distinguish that much between a link to a LinkedIn Live and a link to an article outside of LinkedIn. They want you to stay on LinkedIn and it doesn't matter what link is in there. Even if you're tagging a lot of people, they're penalizing the content. So your call to actions, if you're posting uh, an event, a show, uh, something that you want people to click on and move to, you're a whole lot better off, especially if you're not some person that has a major huge following. Listen, if you're if you're Gary B, if you're Oprah, you know, you can get away with it and there's gonna, you got so many people following you, people are gonna click through. But if you're starting out, you got smaller amount of people. And I have, you know, I've I've seen this true for folks that have like 16,000, 20,000 people following them on LinkedIn. They're posting content and they're getting like three or four likes. Meanwhile, you know, I got my measly 6,000 connections and the content is moving. There's a lot more engagement on it than some of these folks that have much larger followings than I do. And it's, it's following, you know, basically the rules of the algorithm. You know, if you do a uh, word only, text only post that's spaced out, easy to read for folks. That's usually going to be the best performing thing on LinkedIn, especially if you post it early in the morning, you got some people engaging with it in the first hour, that thing's going to take off. It's going to do well. If you have an image, that'll also do well. Videos perform, you know, and we're always told video is like the, the number one thing in all the platforms, but actually for LinkedIn, the video performs not so well uh, compared to some other content because LinkedIn pushes the other content more. I don't know why. That's just just yeah, the way it is. It's interesting. There's still 
that's what I've been, and I think it's it's really been a shift in that even the last, I don't know, I've seen in the last four or five months that I used to be getting a lot more reach with, you know, clips from this show, right? Um, but then if I do a still from it or just a text only, like it's so much more. And it doesn't and then mean- link in, and then And then link in the con- comments, right? Link in the comments. Oh, tag always. People yeah, in yeah. The comments, right? And so that's the way, in, and it's surprising that that also works on like Facebook that also works on some of these other platforms. Well, and that one's, and that was just logic, right? Like that one's easy for people to get when it's explained to them, you know, that these platforms want you to stay in their ecosystem. They want you to stay where you are. So anything you do to encourage somebody to leave, they're going to penalize that. Yeah. So CTA call to action, click down in the comments, put your emojis in there, make it visually interesting, give people a reason uh, what's in it for them? Uh, Steve Spear likes to say the whiff them, right? What's what's in it for them? Give them a reason to go click on the content. You'll see that your content gets a lot more reach and make sure that your content is actually something that's, you know, giving value. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are posting commercials and I don't recommend that, right? People don't want to see the commercials, but they really do appreciate value. So, you know, I think the difference between a commercial for anybody that's that's listening and value is, it's not much. It's just simply, you know, is it focused on the person or self-focused, right? Is this a all about me thing or is it all about you? Is this something that's going to benefit you by reading it, experiencing it? Um, it actually provides a, a purpose or is it just, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing, look at this cool thing. Hey, if you click here, you know, there's this amazing program that costs a thousand dollars that you want to do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, hey, these are the three things that I think will benefit you if you do them every day. Yeah, and here but they are. It, it, and that's that's certainly true. But there's also a place for for both. And I, I would say both in every single post. You can lead. You can have all that yeah. value. And then a nice little like, oh, by the way, you know, I can do all this for you if you want. If that's of interest to you, here's the thing, you know, click in the, well, the comments like, below. And we and we got into this on our show, right? Like mm-hmm. just because I'm saying don't do commercials doesn't mean you're not open to receiving. And I, and I love the go-giver, right? So I, I think the go-giver lays out um, this better than anything else. Don't choose to not receive in your content. Be open to receiving, let people know what you got going on and that if they choose to, if they want to, you're open to working with them. I think anybody that's afraid to say that they have service of, of value to offer is being stingy, right? I mean, I think you need to put out uh, with people that you have a valuable service or product because somebody needs that service or product. So it's not about not talking about how you help people. I just think that a lot of poor communicators are doing it in a way where they're not demonstrating value. They're simply stating that they can provide value. And in a world where everybody's shields and defenses are up, if you're not showing me, if you're not giving me any kind of social proof, which LinkedIn, by the way, for anybody that's on LinkedIn, There are so many ways to create social proof. If you work with somebody, I hope you're asking them for a recommendation on LinkedIn. That's like you're Amazoning yourself, right? I can go and see, oh man, I work with Jay. This guy worked with Jason Crop. They gave him a recommendation on LinkedIn, five stars, right? Boom, I'm buying it, right? Because that's what we do. That's that's the value of being on these platforms, creating great content, making sure that your profile, it's got some great call to actions. And then people can go and see, hey, this product that is Jason Croft, man, people have endorsed that. They've worked with him. They like him. He's connected. He's got a big network. That's that's the whole thing, right? That's why you're putting out content. That's why you're providing value is to drive the people to the funnel, which is your LinkedIn page, your business page, your company page, your website, and let them see the value that you bring, provide the social proof. Video, I think, does such a great job of that when you can capture the video testimonials. You know, for my business, you know, and I'll, I'll just show it here just to, 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 to show the evidential piece of it. You know, here's a, uh, a video that, you know, 
uh, had a company uh, in Westchester put together for me that showcases uh, me talking about the hiring process and, and the waiters. And so, you know, I have a business. I could tell you all day I have people that look professional and they're awesome and amazing and all this, but there's nothing that's going to prove that to you short of seeing it. Right. You know, yes, your friend can refer you, but even seeing is it, oh, that's how they look. That's what it looked. Oh, wow. That's what I want. Big time. Yeah. I, I really dig what you're doing. This is, this is awesome. I, uh, you know, it's so impressive because there's, a, there's a, even, even before you show up to one of your shows, all those elements are there. And that's, that's again, something else that, you know, kind of help people with, yeah, you can jump in and start doing a show tomorrow. But if you have these, not only the strategy, but also certain elements in place that people just have to glance at it and go like, Oh, okay. You know, there's a, there's a legitimacy there. Um, it gets you to the next step. You know, if, if somebody can just look at your YouTube channel, like not even click on a video and it just, wow. Okay. That's sharp, you know, and that stuff can be done with just a little bit of intentionality, you know? <laughs> and, you're and you're talking about the visuals, the, the logos, the, yeah, the everything, imagery, yeah. imagery around it, the, Biz Dev Live theme, intro videos, outro videos, which, you know, I, I love, I love, love, love when somebody's got their stuff and it looks like it's, there's some thought and, and, and character around it. It's refreshing. And I've gotten a lot of comments and it's not, you know, not anything that I spent huge, huge, huge amounts of money on, but it's definitely paid off in dividends because it makes it easier to have those conversations. And I'll say one thing about the live thing too, you know, for anybody that's doing podcast recordings, if it's live, people show up and they know, right? Like, it's live. And so there's a urgency and an emphasis on that it's important and it can't be, re, you know, rescheduled, like it's promoted in advance. So um, that makes it a little bit easier for me, at least to have that consistency there because people aren't uh, rescheduling at a whim because they know you're putting some effort and there's some, some drive behind it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you mentioned, I'm closing a loop here. You mentioned uh, a book that Steve recommended to you in the very beginning, right when you guys met. What was yeah, the book? Yeah, yeah, So he had recommended because he was hearing about, you know, I was talking about business. I was actually uh, sitting in my office in the Chrysler building across from Grand Central having this phone call with Steve and I was talking about, you know, my business is expanding. I have these kinds of challenges with growing the company. And he was like, Oh, you need to read the E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Gruber. And man, I took his advice. I read the book and I was like, man, why didn't I read this book? You know, if I would have been ready for it and I would have read it in 2011, it would have made a much easier path for me. And I was reading the book and saying to myself, yep, made that mistake. Yep. I, I did that wrong. Yep. I had that challenge. So for anybody that is thinking about the entrepreneurship game or in the entrepreneurship game, and you have not read the E-Myth Revisited, take it from my man, Steve Spiro, take it from myself. It is a really, really important book to read. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely that, that big shift when you, you know, get you out of you created a job for yourself to, I'm going to build a business, you know, it's yeah. a great foundational for that, for sure. So talking calls to actions, give us, give us some, yeah, I'm about relationships. So the best place really to get in touch with me is on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn for anybody that's wondering why LinkedIn, why don't you go, you know, Cameron, why don't you send me to a website or why don't you give me your phone number or something like this? You know, it's, it's a great social proof way for somebody to connect with me. I can sort of see what you're about and I can, I can help somebody more when they connect with me. Cause I can sort of see what their emphasis is on, if, especially if they've laid out the their, their profile well, and maybe even told their story in their about section, I can find ways to identify with them before we've ever talked. And then I'm always open for uh, actually setting up a call with 
every single person that I connect with so that I can actually get into the nitty gritty of like, who are you? Let's, let's understand who we are. People. Do you like mountain biking? I like mountain biking. Uh, do you have family? I have family. I, uh, do you, uh, enjoy Netflix and shows like Bridgerton. I love Bridgerton. That's a really good show. And it's not the usual type of show for me. Usually I'm a, uh, Sopranos, uh, you know, guns and blazing, you know, action guy, but I really dig Bridgerton. Yeah. So we can get into those types of conversations, have some commonality and whether we you know, do business together or not it's just really great to have a friend in the network you never know when uh, one of my friends is going to need a jason croft uh in their lives and you never know when you know you contact you reach me out on linkedin whatever service you provide you know maybe one of the six thousand plus people i'm connected to on linkedin really needs and i mean really needs your service your help and the only way that I'm going to be able to make that connection is if you reach out, connect with me, and we get to know each other a little bit and build some of that know, like, and trust factor so that I know that you're a good recommendation from my friend or colleague that needs a hand. That's strong. That's strong. Are you uh, always looking for new guests in that connection process? Who is... Second part question too, though, is who is your ideal client on the catering side or, or not the catering side, the event staffing side, I'm assuming caterers and different, different folks like that. So the ideal uh, person that's a client for me is a catering manager, director, owner that is in the more corporate kind of side of things that is trying to fulfill staff for the events that they have going on during the week. Caterers are great recommendations in the Westchester, NYC, lower Connecticut area for people that, you know, want to come on the show and, and where, you know, that Venn diagram can either line up, you know, if they're, you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get more people to know about your catering company, I would love to have you on and, and, and network that way. And if you're an entrepreneur that has a story to share and some lessons to teach, that is my ideal guess because we are trying to educate entrepreneurs and give them the advice of whatever industry you're in. There's an entrepreneur out there that needs your mentorship, that needs your guidance. And, you know, either they're a potential client, they're a potential employee, they're a potential collaborator. If you don't do the show with me, they'll never know your story. If you do, there's a possibility that they might. So that's, that's the ideal guest is somebody that wants to come on and, and tell their story and help and start building some of those relationships. Awesome. Cameron, thank you so much for being on. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, Jason, you are awesome. And I got to tell you, you know, it can sound simple, but you know, recommending to a guy that has a staffing company to have caterers on your show. I, I know for, for some people out there like, Oh, that's a no brainer, but you know, we all get lost in our stuff. Sometimes we were having the conversation about TikTok. I know it should be creating content for TikTok and I create all this content all the time, but for whatever reason, it, I'm just getting lost in it and not turning on the camera and speaking, even though I turn on the camera and speak every day, for some reason, the TikTok thing is messing me up, but just getting people in your network like yourself, Jason, that remind you, Hey, bring that bottom line thinking into your relationships. And it's not a thing about it makes me any less relationship focused or any less giving back. It's just like, Hey, you got connections over here that could actually benefit you. Hey, why not? And I, and I love that kind of uh, steering in the right direction. We need that mentorship. I need that mentorship. Thank you very much for the, the action, then the strategy from the strategy and action show. <laughs> Perfect. Cause isn't it always the case with all of us that it's so much easier to see it what the other person, the other business <laughs> needs to do rather than uh, we, and, and that's, that's the, the critical, amazing, wonderful thing about that kind of dynamic from connecting with people, having mentors, all of that, man, I, I can't tell you how many times that, you know, someone just that little outside perspective and just be like, well, you could just do this. And you're like, oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> Isn't, isn't that the beauty of being a consultant though? Because a lot of times 
in order just to have a good conversation with somebody, it's not very polite to offer them advice, even if you think your advice is is worldly. You know, they don't care. They they want to tell their story, their side. They're they're on their side. But when somebody hires you and says, "I value the information and the knowledge that you have," you have now permission to provide that advice and you got somebody that obviously they're paying for it the ears are open that's what they're come to you and i think that's the greatest thing about being consultant is that you have somebody that's 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 willing to listen and and take the advice and like you said you know it's 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 always easier uh, to be on that end of like hey you know i've been been where you are and let me show you how to tweak this up because i can see it um, I, I might not always be able to see the stuff in my own business, but I can I can see what's going on in yours and, and help you out. And uh, it's a mutually beneficial uh, conversation that we're going to have there. I love it. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Thank you again for being on. And everyone out there, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of this show. If you ever need help building out custom strategies for your business or deciding what actions to take next, Head over to MediaLeadsCo.com and let's connect. I'll talk to you soon on the next Strategy and Action.